You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Want more control over your life? You need more control over your money. Hi, I'm Jean Chatsky, and that's why I started the Her Money Podcast. From understanding your money personality to taking steps to earn more, spend wisely, invest for tomorrow, and protect it all, I can help you get there. So join me. Subscribe to Her Money with Jean Chatsky wherever you get your podcasts. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. The cream of the crop! Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Neil, and I will be your host today along with Jeff. How's it going, Jeff? Good. How are you doing, Neil? I'm doing well. Uh, Today's a little bit of a different game. Jeff and I are actually going to tag team this game and co-host. We're calling today's game Left Brain, Right Brain. And uh, how that's going to work is the first round of questions are going to be left brain centric, geography, science, uh, things like that. And then the second round is going to be right brain centric, uh, arts, movies, music, TV, and everything in between. Uh, Joining us in the studio today are our contestants. First of all, uh, our uh, co-host, Ken. How's it going, Ken? Hey, everybody. All right. And uh, Matt is not in the studio today. Uh, He had uh, an emergency uh, raccoon surgery to take care of. Uh, There was a raccoon on the side of the road who needed an appendectomy. So um, he's not going to be here today, but uh, we will, uh, you know, send our our thoughts and prayers to the raccoon. Um, Jeff, do do you know where Matt is? Uh, Yeah. Unfortunately, Matt's not with us today. He said that he needed to go base jumping, so... He's not in the studio with us. Okay. Well, tomato, tomato, base jumping, raccoon saving, either one. Um, our first contestant. The truth is he's working, but. Yeah, he is working. Um, at, at base jumping. Yes. Right. Yeah, correct. Base jumping incorporated. Uh, our first contestant uh, is Phil. Uh, how's it going, Phil? Well, thank you. Awesome. And uh, Phil, uh, how did you get into trivia? Uh, I've done a couple of trivia nights at bars in the Chicago area. Um Let's see. There's there's a couple I know that, that we've done. Yeah, we've done around and uh, not really seriously, but just kind of for fun every once in a while. Yeah. Sweet. And Phil, you are a high school music teacher. I am. Awesome. And uh, quickly, uh, favorite uh, music movie that you get to show your kids? It has to be hands down without a question. Amadeus. Amadeus. Play it's me classic. Salieri. Yep. Uh, and uh, also joining us in the studio, or actually, I guess, from Skype, is uh, one of our biggest fans on Twitter, one of our favorite people to talk to about wrestling, trivia, and the meaning of life. It is Vivek Ravishankar. How's it going, Vivek? Uh, it is going well. Glad to be here, or glad to be uh, to be on with you guys. And uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so um, I live in Connecticut. I'm self-employed as a consultant, but I'm a Big, big trivia fan. I was on Jeopardy a couple times last year, so it's coming on 
a year now and then have been on a few other trivia podcasts and figured I'd join you guys. Uh, I know you guys are Chicago area. So um, uh, I lived in Chicago for a long time. That's actually where I played, uh, I would say, most of the bar trivia I've played in my life. Anyway, happy to be here. Look forward to playing with you guys. Jeff, why don't you uh, explain the rules for uh, for contestants? Absolutely. Our game is simple. It's 20 questions in a variety of topics worth 10 points apiece, split into two rounds. At halftime, there will be a special swing round designed by Neil today where players can accumulate extra points. At the end of regulation, players will enter the final round where the points they've accumulated thus far can be wagered 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. What do you mean by that? I'm talking about all the way to the top, yeah. All right, thanks, Jeff, for explaining the rules. Ken... Phil, Vivek, are you guys ready to go? Yep. Yo, absolutely. I'm uh, I'm planning to go zero for ten on these first ten, <laughs> and then ten for ten on the second set. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, without further ado, Jeff, take it away. All right, gentlemen. Straight into question one. Alaska does not have counties. Instead, it has these regions, which share their name with New York City administrative districts. What might those be called? Okay. Um, I have a thought on this one, so I'm just going to go ahead and lock in with what I think is an obvious answer. Are, are you uh, in, Phil? Yeah, yeah, I'm in. Great. Okay, so Phil and Ken are in. I'm in. Good deal. All right, so Ken wrote his answer pretty quickly, so I'm going to shoot it over to him first. Um, when you said New York, I just thought of uh, Burroughs, so I just went right away with Burroughs before I overthought it. Okay. Uh, Phil? Uh, I went with precincts. Okay. Uh, Vivek. Uh, Burroughs for me. I, I just went on the New York thing as well. <laughs> so it is indeed Burroughs. Uh, when I found this out, I was actually kind of surprised. I was looking at um, what I thought were counties of Alaska, but they're, they're actually called Burroughs. It's the only state in the U.S. that does not have counties in the traditional fashion. Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah. Oh, I what about, was... um, doesn't Louisiana do like parishes? <clears throat> yep. They do. Yeah, they do. They do parishes. So Burroughs gotcha. are. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Moving right along then. Question two. What Rush instrumental gets its three-letter title from the code for Toronto Pearson's airport? I'm in. Yeah, Phil was jumping right in on this one. <laughs> I know he's a, he's a fan of uh, Canadian music in general. Indeed. Uh, Phil, are you half Canadian? Or do you have dual citizenship or no? Uh, technically, no. Okay, no, you just have so. your Canadian blood, Canadian family, right? And then you enter the country legally, basically. Shh. <laughs> Shut up. Get, God, Neil. Yeah, don't tell anyone. I, I don't really have an um, educated guess on this one. Unfortunately, I do like Rush when, I, you know, when it comes on, but it's not something I know the song names of. So, um, yeah, I'm in. Okay. Uh, Phil looked very excited. I, I want to throw it over to him first. <laughs> Uh, so we're looking for the, the song title yes. of the instrumental. Uh, is it YYZ? Okay. And uh, Vivek, what did you say? I'm going to say this really slowly. This is one of those like spelling bee screw up things. Y, Y, Z. And Ken, what did you say? Um, I d again, I didn't have a, uh, an educated guess on this one, so I just put uh, TPI. The correct answer is, in fact, YYZ. Or, or would it be YYZ? You know, I had thought you might say that. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Uh, yeah, no, y- YYZ uh, is the code for Toronto Pearson's Airport. I guess Rush came up with the idea for the name while traveling to the airport, which I... My, my dad said that that's how they got the name, and I said, there's no way. If I remember from the drum beat on uh, Rock Band or Guitar Hero, whichever one, isn't it the one where it goes up? Yes. And then cymbals come crashing yeah. in? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Neil Peart. Very nice. All right. Question three. Within five miles, what's the farthest distance you can get from a body of water in the state of Michigan? This is, uh, this is a fool's errand to try to figure out for me. Do you have a line of thinking on this, Phil, or are you just... Uh, no. Just stabbing <laughs> in the dark? Yeah, pretty much. Any thoughts, Vivek? I, I just have to try and game theory this out. Any uh, So, any body of water? Any body of water. Any body of water. Yep. Okay. So... Like puddles? No. <laughs> <laughs> After heavy rain? <laughs> Question, has it rained recently? <laughs> No, this would uh, be Jeff, uh, this would be established bodies of water, lakes, rivers. Jeff, of every question you've ever asked, this this one is the most like, how the f- am I supposed to know? <laughs> so my thinking is there are entire parts like the Upper Peninsula, where the answer might even just be like five. So is that a, is that an official answer from you? Or? No, I want to give myself a little bit of slack. Five, I'm yeah. going to go with eight. Okay, Ken, I went with fifty, a little higher. But uh, again, just a guess. Phil? I'm even a little higher than that. Um, and uh, this is also just a, a complete guess. I said 93. Okay, so uh, Vivek is the closest. He's the only one actually in range. The answer is six. Oh, got it. <laughs> so, oh, goodness. <laughs> yeah, I thought it'd be. <laughs> I thought a five mile range is really funny because then you literally could have said, oh, I don't know, one mile. Come on, Jeff, man. <laughs> we're, we're already playing from behind against this Jeopardy champion. <laughs> Question four. Which fruit, which nearly went extinct following the death of the megafauna that dispersed its seeds, is a staple of much of Central and South America? I'm in. Yeah, I'm just going to stick with my original. Okay. Any thoughts over there, Phil? Uh, no. <laughs> Sadly. Is that, uh, you're just going to tap out on this one then? Um, yeah, I think, I think okay. so. I got... You don't just want to pick a fruit? <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to be picking fruit. <laughs> All right. Uh, Vivek, uh, what did you say for this one? I, I have not heard the megafauna part of it, but everything else told su- suggests banana. I've heard that bananas are going extinct. And it's the right, it's the right region of the world. It, it, yep, you've got the right region of the world for that. Yep. I was along the same lines. Um, you always hear about um, bananas kind of being in danger of that. And uh, I'm not uh, same thing. I'm not sure about the megafauna portion of it. Uh, but uh, yeah, I went with banana. I Phil tapped out. I tapped out, yeah. So uh, while the banana is going extinct, um, my understanding is that has more to do with the fact that we've made a monoculture of mm. it. And so it's very susceptible to disease. Um, this was actually a few hundred years ago. There was a large animal that was eating avocados. Oh. And uh, avocados nearly went extinct. Uh, human beings are the only reason that they still exist. Uh, we started burying them and planting them. I'm not a fan personally, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, the avocado, uh, very nearly not with us. Yeah, what? Uh, according to some internet articles, I'm supposed to be spreading avocado on my toast. So I don't know <laughs> what what I would be spreading on my toast if not avocado, if it had gone uh, gone away. What was the animal? What's really funny is I went to I went to briefly look up avocado extinction and banana extinction was the recommended. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should get. I think I think me and Vivek should get points. For <laughs> so. Um, about 13,000 years ago, um, it hit its prime. Um, megafauna, including mammoths, horses, and uh, 
giant ground sloths uh, were mm. the ones who were responsible for making sure that it was um, sticking around. But yeah, as we started to hunt those and uh, they started to disappear, nearly did the avocado. We hunted sloths. We we, Delicious we probably sloth. didn't hunt them directly, but we <laughs> we certainly have done territorial encroachment. Uh, megafauna are usually the first ones to go when we start taking over territory. It's a good one. Question number five. This is one of our listener submitted questions coming to us today from Austin, a friend of us here in the studio, a couple of us personally. So his question was, who famously snubbed Jesse Owens at the 1935 Olympics? Mm. I've given the best answer I can. Oh, wait. I'm in. Okay, I'm in now. All right, so I will uh, I will kick it to Ken. Looked like he went back and forth, crossed an answer out. So what did you finally settle so on? So I almost put Hitler. I don't know. I, I can't quite remember the full story, but something in my mind was ringing that uh, that it was our own our own guy that actually snubbed him. So I want FDR. Okay, uh, Vivek. Uh, I also have crossed out Hitler and put FDR. Um, I think he wasn't invited to the White House after uh, winning the gold medals. Oh, okay, okay. And Phil? Uh, I actually ended up going with Hitler. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, curiously enough, um, by the time Jesse competed, Hitler hadn't acknowledged any athletes, so he, wouldn't, he wasn't meeting with any of them personally. Franklin, on the other hand, congratulated all other winning athletes in the U.S. except for Jesse Owens, and that was based purely on race. Mm-hmm. So, oh, wow. Yeah, it was uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, FDR. Question six. Who was the first president born outside of the original 13 colonies? Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm, I've chosen a uh, reasonable guess. So Phil has filled out his answer and crossed it out <laughs> so many times that he's actually run out of space on his answers. <laughs> he's going to have to write the president to the margins. I am in. Everyone is in? Yeah. While Jeff's uh, looking at some notes, let's start with Ken. I just had a hunch. Um, I was thinking about Jackson, but I went with James K. Polk. All right, and Phil? After several scratch-outs, uh, I, I guessed Teddy Roosevelt. All right, and Vivek? Uh, Lincoln, I don't like it. I was thinking about that, too. That might be, that might be, you, you might be onto something. So, Vivek, you may not like it, but it is the right answer. Yeah. Nice! Ooh. Well done, sir. Born in Kentucky, Abraham Lincoln, the first president not born in the original 13 I really, colonies. Oh, man, I almost went with that, too. That's bothersome. I, I can feel Ken sighing already. I'm moving on to question seven. It's another geography question. <laughs> Sorry, this is all the uh, all of the Jeff questions. It's true. Get this them, is all get the, them out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> you might actually like this because you can kind of ramp into a good score. So um, question seven. What state would you find the center point of the U.S. in? And I'm going to specify... This is the non-contiguous. So there are two center points, one for the entire United States and one for just the contiguous lower 48. I'm looking for the non-contiguous. Couldn't give me one I knew. It... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on, come on. Yeah, the contiguous one is is uh, not too hard. Um, but I'm assuming if you know it, you have a much better shot than, than Ken at getting the non-contiguous. Okay, I, I'm in. All right, I'm in. Okay. I'm in. Uh, Vivek, you seem to know the non-contiguous, or the contiguous. Uh, the contiguous. The contiguous is Kansas. It is in Kansas. So what did you say for non-contiguous? So the non-contiguous is take the contiguous, add a big landmass up into the left, and a small one down into the left. So I figured it goes to the left for sure, and it goes up. 
So I went with Wyoming because that's up into the left of uh, Kansas. I like the logic. Ken? I used pretty much the same logic, but I wasn't sure how uh, far south Hawaii actually was. So I actually went down and went to Arizona. Okay. Phil? I went further west, man. I said Cali. (laughs) Okay. Surprisingly, it's almost straight north. So Alaska juts out quite a lot with the, uh, the Aleutians. And uh, so it almost offsets all of Hawaii. So you actually have to go north to South Dakota. Is there? Oh, wow. Okay. South Dakota. Okay. Yeah, there's... <laughs> and I, I had to be very specific because when I was researching this, there's like four center points, depending <laughs> on how you define it. It's like, all right. Like, I get it. <laughs> on to... Let's forget that happened. <laughs> <laughs> Except you can't because it'll be burned into the internet's memory forever. <laughs> <laughs> Question eight. A meter measuring for this allegedly can be used to find the presence of ghosts. It's unbelievable. Uh, I'm in. Okay. I've definitely seen some of those stupid shows where they uh, they go into the haunted, the haunted like old mental hospitals and <laughs> me, stuff like let that. Let me break yeah. these shows down for you. So what Ken's talking about. This is every show that is on Animal or Discovery, whatever. It goes like this. It goes. <laughs> We are at the uh, the uh, insane, insane asylum in uh, Buford, Pennsylvania. What? What was that? What? what was that? And that's every episode. That's every episode. But there's the one show where where they're like bros. You know, you know the one. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I, I don't remember which I think one. It's, it's Ghost it Adventures be, or yeah, Ghost yeah. Hunter or something like yeah. that. They're bros, so they're like, "You want to fight me, Ghost? <laughs> I'm from I'm from the streets. I'll fight you." Dude looks like uh, young Guy Fieri. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think his name is Zach, maybe. I th- yeah, I think you're right. It's Ghost Adventure. Sounds about right. Dude, you do not know what you're made of until you fight a ghost. <laughs> that's that's true. That's very true. I think everybody's in, sure. right? I'm not in yet. Oh, okay. So, so on these shows, I, I feel free that I can say this now. There's a three-letter There's a three-letter word for what this is that they're, they're measuring for. I think the answer is three letters. But every time they say it, I'm always going, this is bull****. So I always talk over it, and I don't know what uh, what the three letters are. Okay, I uh, I wrote three letters. Okay, uh, Vivek, what did it, what did you put for this one? I don't know if I'm overthinking this, but you're you wouldn't have said it's unbelievable unless it was a lie detector, right? I said lies. Okay, Ken, uh, EVP. Maybe. Okay, Phil. I had no idea, so I went the Ghostbusters route. I think I wrote uh, ectometer. Okay. Uh, I'm really disappointed. If I told you that Unbelievable was a 90s music reference. Oh, it's EMF. <laughs> EMF. It is EMF. Yeah. Oh, I was, I was, I was close. I, I knew, I knew it was three letters and the first one was E, but I couldn't get yeah. farther than that. For uh, electromagnetic frequencies, the band, oh, um, whatever. never really released what theirs was named after. Um, some people thought it was England motherfuckers, but, uh. Because <laughs> they're a British pop band, but uh, no, I don't. I don't think they ever said what uh, what it stood for. So, all right, no, EMF. They, that's a show idea right there. Take EMF and go find ghosts. <laughs> you know, Neil, not everything is a good show idea. No, it is great because then that show. <laughs> no, actually, that, is, that show would good. actually be very different from what I described because it would be. Oh, oh, it was over that. What is that? Yeah, so it'd be the same thing. <laughs> Sorry. Good lord. <laughs> oh, it's a ghost, isn't it? <laughs> Hey, bro. Hey, bro. Leave me alone, bro. Hey, bro. Hey, bro. bro. I, like, I like how they're like, <laughs> they're like hoodies. Uh, question nine. Heading to outer space in this one. What is the average thickness of Saturn's rings? Now, I'm not expecting you to know close. 
I just want an answer that's within 50% of the right answer. I feel your mama joke coming on, but I'm going to refrain. Any fans of Saturn here? <laughs> it's my, it's my favorite am. planet. I, I'm in. Okay. All right, we're all good. Uh, how about I start with Ken? Um, I felt like because you asked this question, it should be notable. So it's probably pretty thin. I just went with a centimeter because I don't know how much closer I can get. <laughs> all right, Phil? Uh, 10 miles. Okay. Vivek? 50 miles. So it's actually kind of the closest on this, believe it wow. or not. The the average thickness is only 10 meters. Yeah. It's amazing. Something something as wide as basically two-thirds the distance between here mm. and our moon. It's only about 10 meters thick on yeah, average. I, I felt like it would be pretty, uh, pretty It's thin, very but... thin. Very thin. Yeah. And on to question 10. I, I mean, it wouldn't be, I mean, not that I've written very many, but it wouldn't be a game near and dear to my heart if I didn't already cover astrophysics and some <laughs> science and geography. Uh, so I'm going to do one more category in my wheelhouse, and I'm going to do a World War II question. Phenomenal. So name two of the five landing sites by code name for the D-Day Normandy invasion. And hmm. that took no time. I would think that you can definitely get this if you remember Saving Private Ryan, because they definitely mentioned at least two of them. <laughs> uh, Vivek was in almost immediately, so why don't I kick it over to you? Um, I wrote down Omaha and Sword oh. as the two. I think the other three are Utah, Gold, and Juno. Okay. And Ken? I didn't think hard enough. I did write Utah. Uh, the other one I picked was uh, Dynamo, which I don't know where I came up with that. And Phil? I went with Neptune. Okay. <laughs> so uh, very quick to answer two, and in fact, got all five. Omaha, Utah, Gold, Juno, and Sword. Wow. Good job. Five landing sites for D-Day. Uh, the Normandy invasion was codenamed Operation Neptune, by the way. Yeah. Oh, maybe that's where ah, you got it. That, okay. That's it was, impressive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the, yeah, these were specifically the landing sites. but Oh, gotcha. Yeah, um, I know a few of us really enjoyed Dunkirk. I haven't seen it yet, but... Uh, uh, Christopher Nolan's awesome, so I can't imagine it's that bad. So in third place with 10 points, Phil. In second place with 20 points is Ken. Ooh. And with three times as many points as that, Vivek with 60 points. So like we said, this is a left brain, right brain episode. And to sort of ease you in or ease you out of the left brain and into the right brain, our mid-round today is going to be a little lighter, maybe even a little magic, more magical. Okay, a little more magical. Oh, God. So um, this is what I'm going to be looking for. There are princesses that are considered canon in Disney, the, the Disney canon group of princesses. Um, we are not including Moana, Elsa, and Anna from Frozen um, because they're new. A lot of people consider them Disney princesses, but they're not officially considered Disney princesses yet. So what I'm looking for is I want you to name the princess and the movie she's in you'll get five points for each so five points for the name five points for the movie that she's in and i will give you 20 bonus points if you can put them all in release order okay okay there are going to be 11 princesses okay well, this is worth a ton of points <laughs> yeah um so uh you you see a lot on the internet uh about these uh 
you know, reimagining of Disney princesses. The, the my favorite one that I saw was the reimagining of the Disney prison, uh, princesses as if they were on trial at the Nuremberg hearings. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. I I'm gonna have to Google that. I can't even imagine what that is. <laughs> so I will. Stupid. I will share you. Uh, Such a good joke. <clears throat> I think I've probably said it before. I will share later my my absolute favorite depiction of a Disney princess. But we'll we'll go back to that later. Um, nobody wants to hear about your weird porn. It has nothing to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it looks like everyone's long lists are in. So just a reminder, each name is worth five points, each movie is worth five points, and if you put all the movies in correct uh, release order, that'll be an extra bonus 20 points. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You can spend less time staying in the know about all things gaming and get more time to actually play the games you love with the IGN Daily Update Podcast. All you need is a few minutes to hear the latest from IGN on the world of video games, movies, and television with news, previews, and reviews. You'll hear everything from Comic-Con coverage to the huge Diablo 4 launch. So listen and subscribe to the IGN Daily Update wherever you get your podcasts. That's the IGN Daily Update wherever you get your podcasts. Um, All right, so what we're going to do is I'm going to go to each competitor, just... Name me off your list in whatever order it may be, and uh, Jeff is going to keep score, uh, and then I'm going to reveal the actual list, and we'll tell you what you gained. Is that okay with everyone? Sounds, Sounds good. good. All right. Man. Yep. All right, so let's start with Phil. Right on. This is in no particular order. I have Jasmine from Aladdin. I have Belle from Beauty and the Beast. I have Cinderella from Cinderella. I have Aurora from Sleeping Beauty. Mulan from Mulan. Uh, I have a movie, was it The Frog Prince? I have the movie, but I couldn't remember her name. Um, I have Anastasia from Anastasia, and Ariel from The Little Mermaid, and that is my list. Okay. Ooh, Anastasia. I didn't remember her, but uh, I wrote down in order as best I could. Snow White from Snow White Seven Dwarfs, Cinderella, Cinderella, Aurora from Sleeping Beauty, Alice from Alice in Wonderland, Ariel from Little Mermaid, Belle from Beauty and the Beast, Jasmine from Aladdin, Mulan, Mulan, Jane from Tarzan, I think it was Diane from Princess and the Frog, um, and I couldn't remember what Brave's name, so I just went uh, Lucy, Lucy from Brave. Okay, and Vivek? All right, I, I took a shot at this old to new. So Snow White, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, Cinderella, Cinderella, Aurora, Sleeping Beauty, Ariel, Little Mermaid, Belle, Beauty and the Beast, Jasmine, Aladdin, Pocahontas in Pocahontas. Oh, that's the one. Mulan in Mulan. And that's eight. So I've seen a question that was eight. And I think the three more after that are Tiana, Princess and the Frog. That's it. uh, Rapunzel, Tangled. Mm. And Marita, Marita, Brave. Okay. 
Laying the smackdown. I think he's right. Yeah. yeah I mean, right. Anastasia too, maybe, but. Uh... I don't think Anastasia is Disney. Gotcha. Yeah, it was actually okay. a, a Fox Animation Studios picture, and it was actually directed by a former Walt Disney Animation uh, oh, director. That, that oh, must okay. why it looks uh, looks so similar. Uh, our first era, as they call it, for the Disney Princess canon, is called the Classic Era. You have Snow White in Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. You have Cinderella from Cinderella and Aurora from Sleeping Beauty. Then we have the Renaissance era. You have Ariel from The Little Mermaid. Belle in Beauty and the Beast, Jasmine from Aladdin, Pocahontas from Pocahontas, Mulan from Mulan. Then we have the modern era, which is Tiana from The Princess and the Frog, Rapunzel from Tangled, and Merida from Brave. So Vivek actually was 100% correct. Vivek cleaning up. (laughs) Well, great job uh, on that question, Vivek. Uh, Jeff, what were the scores for the mid-round there? So in the mid-round... Huge point gains for all parties involved. <laughs> Phil gains 60. That puts him up to a running total of 70 going into round two. Ken tacks on another 80, making it a cool 100. And Vivek adding another 130. He pushes his score going into the second round up to 190. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Come on, man. 190 beats your 70. <laughs> uh, we're going to move right into the right brain. Uh, if all of you are ready. Yes, sir. All right. Yep. Question one of round two. Researchers in Europe tried to figure out why some songs are catchy and others are not. And they developed a game using the top 40 songs from each decade over the past 70 years and had 12,000 people play over a year-long study period. While most music artists want to be known as the group with the catchiest song, this group from England had a track recognized in 2.29 seconds of starting making it the catchiest song ever, according to the study. So I'm looking for the group from England who had the catchiest song ever, according to the study. I'm in. Me too. Okay, Ken and Vivek are in. So I don't know if you want to... I know it was a long question. There's a hint in there, isn't there? There is a hint in this question, uh, but I, I should I say the hint first or what the answer is? No, you can say what the answer is. Okay, so let's start with Vivek. Yeah, I just heard this. Uh, it's uh, Spice Girls. Wannabe. Okay, Phil? I also went with Spice Girls. All right, and Ken. Really? You guys both knew this? I just went with the Beatles. The Beatles was a very good guess. Uh, there was a hint in the question. I said, while well, most music artists want to be oh, known. Son of a- oh. <laughs> uh, Neil, Neil, you're unbelievable. <laughs> so the, the correct answer is Spice Girls Wannabe. And, uh, just- I, I can picture that. Just like, yo! <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, oh, I know that song. Uh, and so here is the actual top 10 of the 20, 20 uh, catchiest songs, according to this study. Number one, Spice Girls Wannabe. Number two, Lou Bega, Mamba number five. Oh, God. What happened to that guy? Uh, number three. <laughs> Actually, I looked up what happened to that guy. He's doing fine. He didn't like uh, he didn't like Crash and Burn or anything like that. He's just enjoying it. Nice. Good for him. Number three, Survivor, Eye of the Tiger. Local guy. Right. Number, number four, yeah. Lady Gaga, Just Dance. Number five, ABBA, S.O.S., Number six, Roy Orbison, Pretty Woman. Number seven, Michael Jackson, Beat It. Number eight, Whitney Houston, I Will Always Love You. Number nine, The Human League, Don't You Want Me. And number 10, Aerosmith, <laughs> I Don't Want to Miss a Thing. The Human League making an the appearance. The Human League. Bum, bum. Yeah, I could get it in two notes. Dun, 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 dun. Yep. Dun, yep. So, um, and actually, even though this, this study was kind of goofy, it was, uh, in fact, uh, to help with research with uh, Alzheimer's. So yeah. um, it did turn out to be a, a nice... Uh, a nice thing that they did. 
All right, um, moving on to question two. Um, this question is uh, provided by our friend uh, Jeffrey Seguritan, and uh, he was uh, just recording with us today, and he actually sent this over, which I thought was a fun one to add into the mix. So question two. In what 1988 film does John Cleese play a character named Archie Leach as a tribute to Cary Grant, who was also born near his birth town in England? In. Okay, I'm in. I'm in. All right, uh, let's start with Ken on this one. With no confidence, um, but I think John Cleese is in the movie. I went with A Fish Called Wanda. Okay, Phil? I also went with Fish And Vivek. Yep. Okay, uh, the correct answer is A Fish Called Wanda. Uh, Jeffrey's a good guy. I had a chance to play uh, live trivia with him a few weeks ago. Oh, that's uh, I saw the pictures of that. Where, where was that in? Uh, it was in Long Island. Um, we we The game was like the final round of something that had been happening for the year prior. Uh, Jeffrey, another guy, Lee, and I played and... Uh, came in second. It was a good. It was it was a tough round, but Jeffrey uh, knows his stuff. Yeah, Jeffrey's great. Actually, it's kind of funny. Uh, small world. We're recording with you today. We recorded with Lee, and we recorded with Jeffrey. So it was your whole team. <laughs> there you go. All in one day. Small world. That's a that's a powerful <laughs> team right there. That is a very powerful <laughs> team. Straight into question three. This one was also provided to us uh, by one of our listeners and fans, uh, Brent Bullmeyer. And I apologize, Brent, if the pronunciation is wrong. It could be uh, Brent Bullmeyer. But uh, we appreciate your question and, uh, and your listenership. Question is, who was the first actor or actress to earn an Emmy Award nomination for portraying the same character on three different television series? Two were as a regular cast member and one was for a guest appearance. This is one of my favorite questions. I mean, I knew this. I didn't even know Yeah, I've heard people answer. say this question at different events. It's always a fun one. Uh, I'm in. I'm in on something I'm not entirely confident on, but I will go with it. Okay. Yeah, me too. I'm in. Okay, uh, let's start with Phil. Uh, this is this is a, kind of a, a, a shot in the dark, but I went with Kelsey Grammer. Okay, uh, let's go to Vivek. Uh, I have Kelsey Grammer. Cheers and Frasier are the for sure ones. I think Wings is the guest. All right, and Ken. I went, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> he's, he's already laughing. I went with... Uh... <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> Just say it, dude. All right, I went with... Uh... Matt LeBlanc for, uh, for his performance as Joey on Friends and the short-lived reboot Joey. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. I, I went with, I went with uh, Kelsey Grammer, too. Nice. Uh, Kelsey Grammer is correct. It was uh, Cheers, uh, 88, 90, and 90. Uh, Frasier, 94 to 2002 and 2004. And Wings in 1992 is Dr. Fraser Crane. Cool. Uh, I actually wow. uh, met uh, the star of Wings, Stephen Weber, uh, in a play at a play in London uh, that Kevin Spacey was in. Uh, he was a really nice guy. So, so Matt LeBlanc did not pull one in for Joey. <laughs> uh, he well, we're still holding out. At least he is. He's still thinking it's going to come. Oh, he I needs ho- to I guest they... star as Joey in another show first. I hope they bring that back for Netflix, <laughs> like, like yeah. they do with other shows. It's going to be Friends, but they're all going to be in a senior home. Uh, I loved Steven Weber in Studio 60. I didn't like Studio 60, but I, I liked him. Oh, no, he was, yeah, he was great in that show. All right, uh, we're going to move on to question four. You might have seen this queen fighting the Germans on Themyscira in a recent blockbuster or planning her upcoming wedding under a new moon to Theseus in a famous Shakespearean comedy. So it's going to be the same, it's the same person I'm talking about. You might have seen this queen fighting the Germans on Themyscira in a recent blockbuster, or planning her upcoming wedding under a new moon to Theseus in a famous Shakespearean comedy. I'm good. I'm good. Okay, I'm in. Okay. 
Let's start with Ken. I went with uh, Diana as reference to Wonder Woman. Okay, Phil? I would say Diana. And uh, Vivek? I said Antiope, Antiope. I I never know how to pronounce it, but it's it's Robin Wright and Wonder Woman. (laughs) So I was actually looking... So the clue in there was the character is in A Midsummer Night's Dream and is getting married to Theseus, and it's the same queen that would be the queen of the Amazons. It is Queen Hippolyta. Oh, Oh, got you. We were all close. You're all close. All all good characters up from Wonder Woman, but uh, it is Queen Hippolyta. And it's funny because a lot of scholars, um, you know, she was the fighting queen, the queen of the Amazons in the comics uh, and in mythology. And then in Midsummer, she's sort of reduced to this woman who uh, is quickly going to be married to Theseus. And he says a line like, I wooed you with my sword or something like that. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's Queen Hippolyta. Yeah, and we saw Antiope played by Robin yeah. Wright as her sister. Uh, Antiope is ah, Robin yes. Wright. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Connie Nielsen is Hippolyta. Yes, Connie Nielsen. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. From Gladiator. Yep. Also, Ken yep. was um, was Diana uh, Wonder Woman technically a princess or was she queen? She was a princess. Yeah, she's not a queen. Okay, because yeah. that's where she's a queen in my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> well, she's a queen in all of our eyes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I really like that movie. Shout out to Gal Gadot. Just to come on the show. Do some trivia. <laughs> Always yeah. welcome. Yeah, she's I'm a big sure listener. She's a, fr- a fan of trivia. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, so we're on to question five, uh, and as everyone knows, it's our listener submitted question. So I actually threw one in here. This is from our friend David Ruffetto. In the movie Dead Poets Society, Robin Williams' character John Keating teaches at an elite preparatory academy named what? Oh, man, come on. <laughs> Vivek is in. Ken is currently standing on the table. I, I don't see how I could possibly come up with this answer. It is a difficult question for any film fan. I was going to give a hint, but I figured I would just leave it. I'm, I'm good with, no, with a no answer on this one. Okay, so you're tapping? I'm tapping. All right, Ken is tapping? Mm-hmm. All right, Vivek, what do you got? I think it's Welton Academy. The answer uh, known for hitting yourself and getting a bruise is Welton Academy. <laughs> yeah, as I'm doing right now, yeah. Is there, is there nothing this man does not know? That's my question. Well, right we're, now. We're hope, well, hopefully we'll find out. I don't know if we will, uh, though. Well, just this round, it was just Hippolyta so far. but You know, I saw I saw this movie within the last year. I rewatched it within the last year, trying to figure out what the big deal is. I, I still don't think it's that great. I watched it when I was um, recovering for some surgery, so I might have been on some painkillers. And, <laughs> and maybe the name of the Academy didn't stick for Definitely. some reason. <laughs> Um, but it was awesome. But it was great, <laughs> especially when everyone started getting on their desks. You like tried to stand up and you couldn't because maybe that's what, maybe that's why I, the 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 movie I watched the highest was Lincoln though. Oh really? <laughs> from medicine? Huh? Highest from the, the yeah. Medicine? It was it was right after the surgery. Like I literally got out of the surgery, went home, and they I was I actually didn't take any painkillers besides what they gave me at the hospital. So I was still I was still on the uh, whatever oxy maybe from from the hospital. And I watched Lincoln, and it was great. So what do you think happened in the Civil War? <laughs> <laughs> I like the part in Lincoln when Jackie Earl Haley goes, uh, a comedian died in New York tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yes, it was Walton Academy. and uh, Oh, that's what we were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> just a segue back in. I was going to say, if you guys uh, haven't seen it, there's a great SNL. SNL I love yeah, that. SNL oh, skit so with uh, Fred Armisen, uh, where they do a little number on uh, Dead Poet Society. It's great. Yeah. So I'll Google that. All right. Uh, number six uh, might be an easy one. Just depends uh, if you like cars or not. Oh, no. Not many hot the, rods. The movie? Or the... Yes. <laughs> the movie. Wow. Lightning McQueen. Yeah. Okay. Uh, number six. 
Not many hot rods are as famous as the car driven by the Dukes of Hazard. What is the make and model of that car? Before recording, Neil asked me if I thought this question was hard, and I laughed and said, Neil, I'm a car guy. I'm not a car guy, so I'm not answering. Sorry. Did you say year make and model or just make and model? Just make and model. If you do the year... <laughs> Why are you even asking that? <laughs> if you, you do... Uh, know I, it. I, no, I'm in, I'm in. Okay. No, I don't, I don't know the year. Quit staring was, me like yeah. that, man. I was, I was going to say, just throw in the year anyway, just to rub it in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm in. Okay, uh, let's start with uh, Phil. I just wrote down El Dorado. El Dorado, okay. Yeah. Can you tapped? Tapped out. All right, and Vivek? Uh, the General Lee is a Dodge Charger. It is a 1969 Dodge Charger, Ooh. the General Lee. Could have given a Brian Adams hint on that. I was going to give a hint, but you know, you never know. All right, question seven, uh, submitted by our friend Greg, is uh, about uh, some actors. So two actors, Peter Finch and Heath Ledger, both won Oscars posthumously for Best Actor and Best Supporting Actor, respectively. But this actor is the only actor to be nominated posthumously for two Best Actor Oscars in films that were released in separate years. Who is it? He was nominated twice in two separate years, both posthumous. Both Correct. posthumous, yep. And he was actually nominated in two separate awards years, Category. too. Okay. So, so the movies were in two separate years, and he was nominated in two consecutive award ceremonies as well. Right. And I don't want to give you the years, so right. I'll uh, give you a hint. Uh, I'm in. Okay, Vivek is in. Okay, I am in. Okay. Uh, Vivek is in. Ken is in. Phil, are you in? I, I am in. All right, let's start with Ken. Well, I... Just remember, there's a nice little statue of James Dean uh, right behind me, so I went with James Dean. Okay, Phil. I was I was thinking that originally, and uh, I changed my answer. Um, I can't even think of the movies that he would be nominated for, but I went with my guy Philip Seymour Hoffman. Okay, Philip Seymour Hoffman. I'm gonna. Uh, I'll tell that story in a second. I did it on another podcast, but uh, Ari Vivek, your answer. Uh, I was between James Dean and Spencer Tracy. I went with James Dean. I think one one of them's East of Eden. I don't know what the other one is. All right, so maybe Rebel. Uh, no. So the years are 1956 and 1957, and uh, it is James Dean for East of Eden and Giant. Oh. So uh, Phil was the only one who had a nice clear shot of the statue and <laughs> sitting in this room. <laughs> yeah, there's a, James Dean. <laughs> there's a James James Dean statue right on my wall, yeah. Henner. Yeah, I'm a big like fan one. of uh, James Dean. Uh, obviously, my hairstyle reflects that. Um, <laughs> and nice. uh, speaking of Philip Seymour Hoffman, I told this on, on Best of the Best, but uh, our friend Kevin, a friend of his, told him this story. I'm almost 100% sure it is not factual, and the guy's insane, but he said that he worked at a supermarket in the south suburbs of Chicago where Philip Seymour Hoffman would have no business being. And he <laughs> ever, said, ever. And he said at 2 in the morning, he walked in, and Philip Seymour Hoffman came up to him, and he's like... Uh, Hey, yeah, hey, uh, you, you got any frozen peas? <laughs> and uh, the guy's like, "Excuse me," he's like, "You, you got any frozen peas? I'm throwing a party." So There's no way that happened. no way that that happened. He also uh, he also says that Alan Rickman came into the South Chicago <laughs> grocery store. Yeah, right. Okay. Moving on to question eight. In the musical "Damn Yankees," the devil went by this name that he shares with an actress known to have outlived her babysitter in a 1991 film. Vivek is in. Any any fans of Damn Yankees? Nope. I don't know. I know the film you're referencing, but I don't. I haven't seen it, so I don't know. All right. So both uh, Ken and Phil tapped. Vivek, what do you got? Uh, I I don't know. I just I've never seen Damn Yankees. 
<laughs> oh, okay. Oh, three-way tap. Three-way. I was. I. I wasn't gonna get it. Okay. So three-way tap. So uh, the devil went by the name Mister Applegate, and my clue was Christina Applegate was in Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Ah, nice. Cool. All right. Uh, moving on to question nine. Estella and Pip are two literary characters in this Dickens classic known for its memorable opening line. I'm in. Okay, me too. I am also in. All right. All right. Let's start with Phil. Uh, I went with Tale of Two Cities. Okay. And let's go to Ken. Yep. When you talk about famous opening lines and Dickens, you got to go with Tale of Two Cities. All right. And Vivek. Uh, great expectations. Ooh, okay, so the correct answer is great expectations. Ooh. That one hurt. Um, yeah, that one. It, it's a little bit of a trick um, because Tale of Two Cities does have um, a great opening line. It's the best of times, the worst of times. Yeah. But uh, yeah, great expectations is one that. Um, what What is the line? The opening line of Great Expectations is mm. my father's family name being Pirup and my Christian name Philip. My infant tongue could make of both names nothing longer or more explicit than Pip. So very, Philip. very famous line, apparently. <laughs> That's what the very, internet says. It's relatively very famous. famous right. yeah. uh, don't watch the. Uh, there's an Ethan Hawke, Gwyneth Paltrow Great Expectations movie. It was made in the late 90s. It is not good. Don't watch it. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't sound very good. We will definitely pass. Uh, Vivek's uh, Rotten Tomato score is zero percent. <laughs> no, the best. I think. Uh, no, what's amazing is I think Alfonso Cuarón directed it. Oh wow! Like, yeah, but it's still bad. <laughs> that's, that's funny. <laughs> All right, so this this last question, um, it's going to be kind of hard to explain, but it's it's a little bit of um, movie music math. So make sure you have your pen and paper out again. Okay. And if you're listening at home, uh, just kind of think to yourself, pause it, and you'll get to it. Pull over. Uh, make Pull sure over. you're in a safe, under a viaduct, preferably. <laughs> so I'm calling it franchise math, okay? So I'm going to give you three actors and uh, a franchise or franchises that they were the same character in. And I will explain later, but you're going to add the number of films in those franchises up for, for an answer here, okay? Mm -hmm. So let's start. Sylvester Stallone played Rocky Balboa, John Rambo, and Barney Ross in the Rambo franchise, the Rocky franchise, and the Expendables franchise. So between those three franchises, for the start here, write down how many movies that is. So how many Rambos, how many Rockies, and how many Expendables movies? Okay, one second. Yep, no, take your time, and then add that number up. Oh, that's the full question? It's the three-part question, so that's the first part. Any movie in which he played Rocky Balboa? Any movie in which Sylvester Stallone appeared as Rocky Balboa, yep. Okay. All right, and just so uh, you guys can keep taking notes, the second thing I'm going to have you add up is how many films did Vin Diesel portray Dominic Toretto in the Fast and the Furious franchise? The third clue is George Lazenby. How many films did he play James Bond in? <laughs> and then once everyone has their number, the actual question is, the, that answer from that math question, <laughs> I'm looking for the artist, uh, excuse me, I'm looking for the recording artist who made the track of the answer that you're going to get. So the answer is going to be the recording artist. So whatever number you come up with has to be a famous recording artist who sang that song. I like how you go through all the blood, sweat, and tears to get to the answer, and you still might not have the answer. <laughs> That's brutal, Neil. Okay. So while you guys are doing that, I'm going to quickly, for the listeners, Rocky, Rambo, and Expendables franchises, how many films was Sylvester Stallone, uh, the, the characters in those? Um, 
George Lazenby, how many George, James Bond films was he in? And Vin Diesel, how many Fast and the Furious films was he Dominic Toretto in? Appeared in the film. Was this a listener question or was this you? Oh, no, this is me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, this, this is a Neil question. This is, this is devious. <laughs> <laughs> Phil is in, kind is in, Vivek is in. All right, let's start with Phil. Uh, I, went, I went with Adele. Okay. Good guess. Good guess on that one. Good logic. Uh, Ken? So my uh, my addition added up to about uh, 22, 23 with some some room for error uh, about the Fast and Furious franchise, which I wasn't sure about. But I think Taylor Swift uh, has a song like that, 22 or 23. I'm not sure which, but uh, Taylor Swift. Okay. And uh, Vivek, what do you got? Uh, T. Swift and 22. The correct answer is Taylor Swift Ooh. with 22. So... The little trick, couple of the tricks in there. Um, Vin Diesel as Dominic Toretto was not actually in Too Fast, Too Furious, the second yep. one. And then he appeared at the end of Tokyo Drift, the third one. So he was only oh, in seven, not eight. Okay. So they've yeah. released eight, but he was only in seven. Um, uh, Sylvester Stallone was in three Expendables. He was in four Rambos. And he was in seven Rockies because his appearance as, in Creed as Rocky <laughs> Balboa. And then George Lazenby was the only James Bond who only appeared once. So that's 22. So my okay. numbers were uh, right, yep. except for the one uh, missed appearance from, from Vin. Right, and I figured you guys, if you were 22, 23, maybe 21, you might yeah. figure that out. Yeah. Um, Adele's album was 21, but did that's you, correct. Was, was there a song called 21 or no? No, no, it was, I was looking, it was 22, yeah. Oh, okay. Were you going to say Vivek? Uh, no, I was going to say I got to the right number the wrong way. Because I had I had seven, for, I had seven for Vin Diesel, but I thought he was not in Tokyo Drift. I just assumed yeah. he wasn't in Tokyo Drift. I had Drift. the Me I too. had the exact same logic. Um, and then Neil's like, "No, he's not in Too Fast, Too Furious." And I'm like, "He's in Tokyo Drift." And he's like, "Yeah, right at the right at the end, he like shows up for no reason." And I'm like, "He is. Yeah, that's right." Uh, Jeff, uh, let's get a score update uh, after round two before going into the final. Absolutely. So tacking on to his score, going from 70 to an even 100, Phil in third place. Ken adds another 40 in the round to go to 140. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Because he's over like 200 right now. <laughs> I mean, if you think 270 is over 200, then technically yes. Oh my God. <laughs> so Vivek with 270. Great. So uh, as you guys know, um, you can use any of the points that you've accumulated uh, in your wagers. Each question is zero to 30 points per category on your confidence. All right, guys, here are your categories. I'm going to give you uh, your first questions category. It's going to be sports hall of fames. Question two is going to be in 80s pop hits. Question three is going to be generational Oscar winners. Question four is going to be in toys. The film or? No, toys. <laughs> Robin Williams <laughs> classic. Question five is going to be in cocktails. All right, is everyone ready? Yes. Sure. Yeah. Question one. Sports Hall of Fames. This running back, known for giving a mean mile-high salute, is just the fifth member of his franchise to be enshrined in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Right. Question two in 80s pop hits. In I'm Gonna Be by the Proclaimers, it's said that I'm gonna be the man who's havering to you. What does it mean to haver? All right. Uh, question three is in generational Oscar winners. Two women have the distinction of being in an exclusive club. 
They are the only third-generation winners in Oscar history. One shared an Oscar in the same category her father won in, and the other was directed by her father to win her Oscar. Name one of them. Question four is in toys. This toy, which celebrated its 100th anniversary, has been manufactured by Kinex since 2014. And our last question, question five, is in the category of cocktails. Made famous by the Beastie Boys, what primate-inspired cocktail has mixed malt liquor and sunny delight? Okay, everyone is in. So uh, let's, uh, let's start with question one, which was Sports Hall of Fames. Uh, what were their wagers, Jeff? So Phil with the low bet of 10, Ken went 20, Vivek 30. All right, so let's go uh, low to high. So uh, let's start with Ken. Um, I, th- I felt like you were looking for a Denver running back, but I couldn't think of any, so I just went with Walter Payton. Okay. Is he a running back? He is a running back. Yes. But for our, for our Chicago Bears, yes. one of the greatest of all time. Phil? Uh, I have Terrell Davis. Okay. And Vivek? One of my favorites and a member of the 2,000-yard club, Terrell Davis. Is that Denver? He, he is a Denver Bronco. Uh, he was just put into the Hall of Fame this week, yesterday, I believe, man. or on Friday. Cool. And uh, he played for my favorite quarterback of all time, John Elway. The oh, answer okay. is Terrell Davis. Question two is in 80s pop hits. Uh, in I'm Gonna Be by the Proclaimers, it is said that I'm gonna be the man who's havering to you. What does it mean to haver? And uh, with the wagers on that, everybody went 30. Big mistake. So, uh, Vivek, you want to kick that one off? Yeah, I don't know what the technical term is for this, but it's like getting drunk and like talking nonsense, talking rubbish, gibberish. Okay. Do I need to be more specific than that? No, that that that's specific enough for me to figure okay. out what you meant. Um, I went with uh, like serving, servitude. Phil? I left it blank. Well, the good news for one of you is uh, havering means to talk foolishly or babble. So uh, Vivek's definitely getting points on that one. Well done. Thanks. Yeah, the, when I had heard that, I was just like, what does that mean? <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, same. I, I, I looked it up. I think I looked at the Genius article like a while ago. All right, question three. It was in the category of generational Oscar winners. Jeff, what were their wagers? Wagers on that were 10 to fill. And Vivek and Ken both going 30. I was looking for one name out of the two women that are in the exclusive club of being the only third-generation Oscar winners in history. Phil, what did you go with? I said Angelina Jolie. Okay. Ken? That was a good uh, good play, Phil. Uh, I went with Sofia Coppola. Okay. I, know she, I don't think she won a directing Oscar. No, I know she didn't win in directing Oscar, but maybe screenplay. Okay. And Vivek? The one I had more confidence in was Angelica Houston. Um, I also thought Sofia Coppola was probably the other right answer, but I went with Angelica Houston. Okay, so the correct answers are Sofia Coppola and Angelica Houston. Angelina Jolie and John Voight, uh, while they both, she won an Oscar for Best Supporting Actor, he won for Best Actor, yeah. Actress, excuse me, but uh, it wasn't a third generational. It was just them two, father-daughter. It wasn't fa- grandfather, gotcha. father-daughter. Okay, gotcha. Sofia Coppola <laughs> won hers in screenwriting for Lost in Translation, sharing it with Francis Ford, who won it for Patton. And their uh, grand, her grandfather, Francis Ford's father, Carmine, won for composing music for Godfather. Oh. And Angelica Houston, as Vivek said, uh, she won for Pritzi's Honor, which he directed her in. John Houston. One of those Coppola's yeah. going to do something with their lives. Yeah, right. Uh. 
And don't forget about Nick Cage. And Nick Cage and, and James uh, Schwartzman. That's true. And actually, in the um, the world of trivia, um, Spike Jones was married to Sofia Coppola for a while, so he is considered technically a Coppola mm. uh, by marriage in the amount of Oscars or nominations. So, and uh, Jason, Jason uh, Schwartzman. I don't know. Yes. Question four was in toys. Uh, so the wagers here: Phil going twenty, Ken and Vivek again going thirty. So uh, let's see. Let's go to Phil. I said Lincoln Logs. Okay. And Vivek? Lincoln Logs. Ken? I just want a Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> so that is Lincoln Logs. So yeah. Uh, famously. That makes more sense. Yeah. <laughs> Question five, our last of the final round. The category was cocktails. I asked you guys about the Beastie Boys inspired drink. And what were the wagers, Jeff? So uh, same as last round. 20 to Phil, Ken, and Vivek going 30. All right, let's start with Phil, who I know is an, uh, who appreciates the Beastie Boys. I do, and I also appreciate a good brass monkey. Okay, Vivek? Brass monkey junkie. <laughs> <laughs> and Ken? Yeah, this is, my brain's ticking a little slowly, so it took me a minute, but um, I put together that that was like a big hint, and I went with brass monkey. It is brass monkey. Although I've heard different recipes, like you said, Sunny D, like I've heard orange, like just orange juice. <laughs> Yeah. It would yeah. also work in a pinch. It's not I mean I'm sure it is, yeah. I'm sure it will. Yeah, in college it was it was just OJ and malt liquor. <laughs> like drink drink enough of the malt liquor and then pour the the, the OJ in right. into the forty. That's it for the final round. It is now time to find out who is the cream of the crop. In third place with hundred and ten points, Phil. Good job, Phil. Good good Respect- first outing. Respectable. Yeah. Well, hey, especially I'm, for the level of difficulty on these questions. I'm, I'm good as, you know, I, I broke those, you know, three digits. I'm, I'm, I'm good with Phil for 100. That's cool. Second place, Ken with 120. And first place, our cream of the crop, Vivek. Shocking. <laughs> There's a shocker. 420 points. Whoa. <laughs> That's huge. <laughs> Did you wager that much? Because you're going to take the, the paper of all of our questions and roll it up and smoke it away. <laughs> <laughs> it's that time, guys. <laughs> so Vivek is our cream of the crop. Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in, but the cream will rise to the top. Oh yeah! Well done, well done. I think that's our highest score ever. It, I don't know if that'll be passed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, especially because we had that monster swing round. Yeah, it's yeah. hard to it's hard to measure different games against each other because of the difference in the swing round. But yeah, uh, that's why it's the swing round. to say, very formidable round against what I felt were extremely difficult questions. I had a blast, gentlemen. This was uh, this was fun. And anytime we get to talk about Terrell Davis, I am happy. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go watch his YouTube highlights from '97. <laughs> Oh, he's he's so great, uh, Super Bowl MVP. It's incredible, so good. Um, we'll have to have you back on another show as well, uh, if if you'd like to come back. Yeah, happy to come on. Happy to ask the questions next time. I like writing them too. Oh, so. well, that's that's that'd good to know. Ooh. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, and uh, Phil, thank you so much for coming out today and and hanging thank, out in the studio. Thank you for having me, guys. Vivek, it was uh, awesome playing with you. Thank you. Great playing with you as well. So yeah, thank you to all of our contestants. Thank you to my co-host Neil uh, for helping me put this one together. This is uh, kind of fun to co-write a game. If you'd like to play along with our contestants, make sure to check out our Facebook page uh, where we have our official Triviality score sheet, same one that we use here in the studio. Neil, how can people get in touch with us? 
Well, uh, if they'd like to reach out to us on Twitter, where Vivek uh, spews some uh, wrestling promos back and forth with us, you can go to at TrivialityPod. <laughs> if you want to go to our Facebook page, it's Facebook.com slash TrivialityPod. And if you want to send us an email, make sure to email us at TrivialityPodcast at gmail.com. And if it's a Question 5 submission, just put the host name that you would like to read it, and we will make sure it is used for a future episode. Of course, other than spreading the word, the best way you can support the show is by rating, reviewing, and subscribing to Triviality on your favorite podcast app. You can also directly support us at patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast. Until the next game, on behalf of Ken, Neil, uh, my EMF meter is picking up a little bit of Matt here in the studio as well. And thank you for Phil and Vivek for joining us. That was Triviality. Joking right now, my calf kind of hurts. It burns. Here, I, same thing. Dude, same I swear thing. to God, my calf kind of burns right now, bro. Holy You want to look at it just to make sure? Is it being scratched? I don't know. It just burns. It's Where this is one it? right here. Open it, open it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Dude, you got scratches right here. Shut up. Don't bleed. Keep it still. Keep it still. I'm just documenting this right now. Holy Dude, those are two claw marks, bro.